Hi, ladies. It's really nice to be here with y'all tonight. Uh, I, I bring notes because if not, you know, I'll chase rabbit trails and get off the topic. So this will keep me focused. All right. Tonight I'm hoping to bring you all some understanding and encouragement in the area of endurance. That's a very heavy word. And living it can be even heavier. But without endurance, we'll never finish anything well. Uh, it is essential. Endurance is essential to your ordinary life, and it's essential to your spiritual lives. I'd like to say something at the outset of this talk. We tend to separate our lives into uh, different areas, like we have our secular and practical area of our life, and then we have our spiritual lives. Uh, the fact is that in Christ, they are both the same. If it's not practical, it's generally not spiritual. And if it's not spiritual, it's not practical either. So it's all part of the same, all part of the same life. Um, every aspect of our lives, our relationship to our husbands, our children, extended family, all of our relationships, our daily tasks at home, outside responsibilities, church work, every bit of it is spiritual. And our relationship to God is lived out in the midst of it. Romans 12.1 says, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies, that's everything about you, as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing unto God, which is your spiritual worship. And Colossians 3.29 says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. When you serve your children, you are serving the Lord Christ. When you serve your husband, you are serving the Lord Christ. Do you see from the scripture that really every aspect of your lives is holy unto God? It, and holy means set apart unto him. This truth has enabled me to endure and persevere in life when I went through some very hard times. I could hang in there if I knew it had purpose to God. Uh, but before we get deeply into purposes, I'd like to define the terms that we're talking about. What is endurance? To endure means, listen to this, <laughs> to suffer something painful or difficult patiently. It implies that one continues firm or resolute through trials and difficulties. To continue or to carry on despite obstacles and hardships. Do you see what I told you about it being a hard word? I thought maybe I'll make it easier. Instead of talking on endurance, I, if I, it would be easier if I would talk to them about perseverance. So I looked that up. Well, it doesn't encompass hardship as much as endurance does, but it's not easy either. Perseverance is persistence in doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. A diet would be a good example of perseverance or exercise. 
You can see, ladies, I haven't really persevered in this area. <laughs> Perseverance does not give up. It is steadfastness in sticking to a course of action, a belief, or a purpose. And scripture encourages us to do that in Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, when it says, Do not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. If we endure and persevere, we will reap a harvest of good in whatever situation we're in. As we discuss this subject, please understand that uh, we are not going to be addressing everything that makes up your lives because you have a lot of happy things, a lot of easy things, a lot of joyful things, and I hope you have a lot of that in your life. But for the sake of this topic, topic, I'm going to try to encourage you in the challenging aspects of your life, particularly in the area of raising your children and being a godly woman. Tough times come. We call them trials or tests. Uh, They can be short or long. They can be occasional or ongoing. But whatever they are, when you are in them, you need encouragement and perspective to endure to continue doing the right thing despite discouragement, despite the hardships, and despite difficulties. I have a godly friend named Brenda Tullis. She's ill right now. She's the picture of endurance to me. God put us together when we first got saved. We each wanted to please God more than anything. And our lives were hard in many of the same ways that yours probably are. So when we weren't sure about what to do in any area, we would say, look, let's look this up in the scripture. And we'll get together next week. We only get together once a week because we both uh, had had, uh, jobs and we were working. And so we get together once a week and say, look it up in scripture and let's see what God says. Doing that helped us put away a lot of foolishness. And it helped us to see what God wanted of us. But one day... This is the opposite of enduring. One day, we were both in the dumps. And instead of encouraging each other, we proceeded, when we got together, we proceeded to complain about absolutely everything in our life. Nothing escaped. Husbands, children, in-laws, nothing. Everything that we didn't want. (laughs) And there was plenty. (laughs) Okay. We were both in the pit, and what we were doing was pulling each other down deeper into that pit. It was, it was awful. I remember that day. Uh, by the end of our time together, I think the Holy Spirit had enough of our self-pity. And he opened our eyes to what we were doing. We realized that, you know, we got together to encourage each other. But after this, we both felt worse. Uh, <laughs> we didn't encourage each other at all. Uh, So what happened is we repented to God, and I can say really honestly, we never did do that again. I'm going to say to you girls, when you get together with each other and you talk, encourage each other to do what God wants you to do. Don't feed each other's bad attitudes, because if you don't, you'll help each other to endure. To be able to endure these times, to endure hard times, you're going to have to see a purpose in it, a goal that you're working toward. You've got to have a reason to endure. Uh, We're going to call that reason today our goal. 
So I'd ask you, what is your goal in life? Is it to be happy? Is it to raise beautiful and smart children that you're proud of? Is it to have a great marriage? What is it in your life that you want to accomplish and that you are working toward? I think everybody has different goals. Maybe yours are more short-term. Maybe your goal is only to get those babies potty trained. Maybe it's just to have a clean house sometimes. Maybe to have a moment of peace and quiet for yourselves. Whatever it is, you all have something that you're working toward. And all of these things are good, and they take endurance and perseverance, but I would like to suggest a better goal to you. A goal that encompasses your regular everyday life and your spiritual life. How about in the midst of whatever season you're in, that your goal is to grow in your relationship with God and with our God and Savior Jesus, to get to know him more, to live in the conscious awareness of his presence with you and in you, and to be who he wants you to be in any situation. As we live life and endure hard seasons, we don't want to endure just for the sake of enduring. We want to come out on the other side of the trial, and you will come out of every trial one way or the other. You're going to either be better or you're going to be bitter. Okay? We want to come out better. We want to come out somehow transformed. In Acts chapter 20, verse 24, Paul says, I consider my life worth nothing to me if only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. When God brings you through trials, you have something to offer others by way of your own testimony of encouragement and compassion and how God got you through it. That's testifying to the gospel of his grace towards you. I suspect that some of you might be thinking that it's hard enough to get through a day without having trying to be transformed, without trying, having to try to be transformed. And then you say, transformed into what? Um, God's goal is to transform us to be more like Jesus in your trials, in your relationship with your children, in your relationship with your husband. The beautiful part of our relationship with God is we don't have to transform ourselves. In fact, we can't do it. He is the one who does it in us. So what do we contribute? We're willing to cooperate with him. When you're a busy mother, maybe you don't take time to realize that your life, exactly the way it is, day by day, caring for children, even changing diapers, wiping up spills, trying to keep everything somewhat in order, cooking, loving, taking care of your husband, all of that, if it's done as an offering to God, actually becomes your act of worship to God. You may not have time to read three chapters in the Bible every day, although I highly recommend that you read something in your Bible every day. And you may not be able to spend an hour in prayer as if mothers have a spare hour. You may only have a few minutes to yourself, and that, that might even be only when you're in the bathroom. Perhaps you should start reading a psalm a day and 
pray that psalm back to God, you'll be surprised to find out how many of your feelings are written in those psalms. Sometimes you have no time, but remember, and so you really don't feel very spiritual because you're doing all these very practical things, but remember, all that you're doing is spiritual if you offer it from a loving heart to your God. If you begin to form a habit of turning your thoughts to the Lord, even for a minute or two, several times during the day, not only asking for his help, but thanking him for his blessings, you'll find that he is always waiting for you. He's the God who knows how many hairs you have on your head. So I can assure you that he has his eyes on you. And he is concerned about all that concerns you. You can speak with him in the depths of your heart, even, if, even as you are busy with other things. And if you doubt how much attention God is giving you in every moment, listen to this. Psalm 139. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. And that's a diligent search. That's a deep, intimate knowing. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all of my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You hem me in behind and before and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Do you see how intimately involved with you he is? Before you speak, he knows what you're going to say. Everything you do, he knows. He's right, right there. He's, like I say, he's not just with you. He's in you. Um, when your days are hard and you're at your wit's end, and I'm sure that happens a lot, uh, you have a father and a savior who want to help you. They want, he wants to get you through whatever is going on in your particular life, in your particular situation. He's waiting for you to turn to him and to ask him to help you because it's in the asking that you will see your need for him you will begin to know that he is for you and with you. And as you ask, and he meets your needs, and he reveals himself to you, your love for him will grow and grow. Let me give you an example in my own life about depending on the Lord in a very, which was a difficult situation for me. Uh, as was said in my introduction, I was married for 54 years, a couple of months short of that, when my husband Larry passed away two and a half years ago. He was a good man, but he was tough. He was the head of our house, and that was that. Well, I was a real independent person, and that was very hard for me. I felt like, I, I felt like he was too controlling and he felt like I thought he was the enemy. That was not a good situation. Then I got saved. <laughs> and one of the first lessons God taught me 
was to submit to my husband. That was the hardest lesson I ever learned. He literally told me, I heard it in my mind, if you can't submit to your husband, you won't submit to me. (sighs) There you go. (laughs) Well, I really wanted to live a godly life and be a good witness to my husband because he wasn't saved. You know what helped me to get through? The book of 1 Peter in the scripture. I don't even know how. I didn't know enough about the Bible to know there was even a 1 Peter in the Bible. But God somehow or another brought me, made me aware of that book. And as I read that book of 1 Peter, it gave me a purpose for what I felt like was my suffering. And I felt sometimes like submission was suffering particularly when we totally disagreed about something. But God showed me that though suffering is inevitable, for me to be miserable miserable was optional. And he taught me in 1 Peter to submit without giving in to fear and that he, God, would take care of me, and he did. Um, And I can say that my marriage became joyful, Not always perfect, but with God on my side, knowing that God was on my side and that God was for me and that I was submitting to him when I was submitting to my husband, I could do it. I could do it. And I could be at peace. The best part for me was after 38 years, my husband surrendered to God. So I would ask myself, was his salvation worth my submission? Yeah, I think it was. I think it was. You know, your life, even with all its missteps and mistakes, successes and failures, just the way it is, all of that is actually God's will for you. If you want to, and if you want to live in the center of his will, then you take whatever comes to you is coming from his hands. And he's given you a ministry. Make no mistake about it. In this season, your main ministry is motherhood and taking care of your family. And it's in this ministry that you can worship the best. To be a mother means, like Jesus, to lay down your life. You're laying down your life for your family. Your desires often have to take a back seat to present needs. But what a beautiful assignment from God. But no doubt about it, laying down your life daily is hard. It's dying to yourself. It can be very lonely. But you can endure it if you go through it from a biblical perspective. You can't allow yourself to wallow in self-pity or discouragement or hopelessness. This can't be your mindset because these attitudes are self-defeating. You hear the word self in there? With a bad attitude, you defeat yourself. God's goal for every single one of us is transformation into being more and more like Jesus. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory, 
we are supposed to be reflecting the Lord's glory in the exact circumstance that we're living in now. And as we reflect his glory in our circumstances, we are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives in us. If we are believers, he is at work changing us. Unfortunately, not much gets transformed when life is easy and problem-free. We tend to become self-focused. And this happens so subtly. So God puts in opportunities in our life that humble us, that challenges us, that challenge us. Things that can be so hard that we can't depend on ourselves anymore. So we have to depend on him. Sometimes... We just have to do what Jehoshaphat did in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 12, when he says, Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Sometimes that's all you can say. I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you, and I'm going to tell you he will always help you to overcome. God has a plan and a purpose for each one of you right now in your life exactly the way that it is. And he's already made provision for you to endure, if necessary, to get you through it. He has given you his best, himself, available 24 hours a day. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. This is the mighty Almighty God, the all-powerful one, the one who knows everything, the God who sees you. He is the God who is filled with love and mercy and compassion. That's who he's given to you, himself. For you then, it is to accept your life with contentment and I'd like to say with thanksgiving. Because often that's what's missing in life when you're being called to endure. I can, I can tell you this. You can have the worst circumstances in your life happening. And if you will open your heart to God and ask him to help you see what in your life you have to be thankful for, you will be absolutely amazed. It will change your perspective. So you have to accept your life with contentment and thanksgiving just as it is with all its joys and sorrows as coming from your heavenly father's hands because whatever he sends in your life, it is ultimately for your good and his glory. I want to leave you with this thought, which I think is really important. Remember that your ordinary life lived towards God is sacred. It has purpose and it has meaning. And you can be worshiping God all day, every day, 
as you set your hearts towards him and endear. And that's what I have to say about endurance, ladies. Thank you for listening. (laughs) I appreciate it.